Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. And Noah and I are back for the Fantasy 2022 season to bring you the most exclusive, up-to-date, and, you know, bench chattery talk that two fellas can give you on the internet. So, Noah, without further ado, welcome to the season. Oh, it feels good, Con. feels good to be back on the grind. The NBA season is right around the corner, and, you know, we got to take a nice little vacation uh, yeah, we took a hiatus for these last there. two months. Just got back from Turks and Caicos. It was beautiful. Yeah, uh, me and the family were vacationing in the Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Sure. Guacamole. We were there. <laughs> no. No, I didn't take any vacations, actually. I've just been grinding uh, fantasy basketball Reddit, looking for the hottest takes, the coolest opinions, and. Uh, you know, I've spent some time compiling it into a, a list to allow our listeners to enjoy and win their fantasy seasons this year. Sounds pretty good. I hope you made a good list, Colin. Well, sure would hate you know what? See you uh, get roasted on the Reddit. Yeah, I I would too. Um, you know, luckily I didn't make this list just by myself. I did have my fabulous co-host collaborate on it with me. Um, although I, I did have a lot of the structure of this. And, uh, no, you, you made some edits. But I, I kind of stuck to my guns on this one, which doesn't usually happen. I feel like <laughs> usually when, when we do these kinds of things, you know, you tend to be the brains and, you know, I add my little pizzazz. But uh, we, we kind of switched roles here. And I, I kind of like being smarter than you. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll let the we'll let the listeners decide. I guess this may be your last, maybe your first of many. I guess we'll just have to see. We'll we'll find out. So then, Noah, why don't you tell the lovely listener what we're presenting them today? It will be in the title, so they'll actually <laughs> they'll see it. But but you can tell them anyway. So me and Colin are breaking down our point guard fantasy rankings for this year. Um. We're not going off of completely what we think, what ESPN thinks players' um, position eligibilities are. So, notably, guys like Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rozier, Devin Booker, LeBron, guys who all have point guard, shooting guard eligibility. Um, you probably won't, you won't be seeing any of them in this list. Me and Colin kind of just like looked at every team's starting point guard do um, in accordance with the team's actual depth chart. So we're more going off of that other than what ESPN has because we think it's better for the listeners if LeBron isn't top 10 on four of our position lists, right, Colin? Yeah, I just I don't think it makes sense uh, to do it that way. And then, you know, maybe at the end we can kind of collaborate it into one big master list, but that's a harder... It's easier said than done, most certainly. And I think to some extent, there is a bit more effectiveness in breaking it down by position. Just because I feel like one of the major flaws I always have when I do fantasy drafts is I forget about position. I'm just taking best player available. Um, 
and and this way you kind of go into looking at point guards in a specific way. You go into looking at shooting guards in a specific way. And, and then we can kind of meld it all together and give you more of a, a grandmaster idea of where we see all of the players melting in. If we get that far. Because who knows? Maybe the fantasy season starts before we do that, Noah. I don't know. It won't. Don't worry. We're it back won't. on all grind right, stop time, worrying, baby. Guys. It's grind time? Oh, shit. I thought it was 1030. I didn't realize it was grind time. <laughs> it's okay, always grind time. While you're out there doing it's nothing. It's always grind time? Oh, I'm out there God, making just, moves. That just sounds like a lot, you know? Like, What if it's sleep time Like every once in a while? You grind while you sleep? Yeah. You have to. It's called making your money work for you, Colin. Come on. Oh, you're talking about passive income now? I didn't realize you were talking about passive income. <laughs> Yeah, I know about passive income. No, you, you don't know anything All about right. passive income. <laughs> I own 42 All laundry right. mats, four vending machines, 27 apartment buildings, Colin. I I I invested in Shaq. I had a, I had a 5% oh, wow. equity Fuck. stake in Shaq. Fuck. Yeah, no, I thought that. that yeah, exactly. You're killing it. That's Jimmy John's. Yeah, that's Pizza Hut. That's the Papa. That's <laughs> the General... Believe I don't even know. Cop, he's Smith got copper head. fit. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, that, that was the best investment I ever made. <laughs> All right, you know, let's get into this list. Let's get into this list. It's good to be back, isn't it? Um. So for those who are at home, we we made uh, like we broke it down. We we ranked every single player. But no, and I also felt that some of these rankings are, are better off kind of categorized because I, I think there's spots on the list where there's massive drop-offs between, like, say, five and six on the list. I think there's a pretty decent gap between those two, whereas maybe the gap between five and one really isn't terribly um, – like set in stone so we've broken them down into lists and we tried to name the list and honestly trying to name the different tiers probably just made it more confusing for ourselves so there's names to them you know when we put it out there but pay less attention to that the, the names are more just you know to add pizzazz to it but the tiers we believe are kind of where guys fit in on this list so, Noah, let's go over the top tire right now. And, you know, since I, since I made this, I'll, you know, I'll pat myself on the back. And I will say who we, as a podcast, because you are legally obligated to agree with me now that we made this list, uh, believe to be the number one fantasy player for the point guards this year. And that's Dallas Mavericks' Luka Doncic. And I don't think that should come to the surprise of anybody. Uh, Luca is almost mirroring Russ in his ability to garner triple doubles. He's just a fantastic playmaker. He's very creative in the way that he gets his shots. Uh, and then I think more importantly, compared to some of the other players on this team, he is the player on this team. I mean, th there's nobody else that's really taking the ball away from him. They have absolutely given the reins over to Luca, so that's why he's in a more impact. You think that makes sense? Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with 
um, Luca being the number one point guard this year, Colin. Last year we saw him average around 27, 8, and 8. And, you know, he finished very closely last year, Colin, with our number two player on the list, who is James Harden of the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. And James Harden actually finished third in total points last year, Colin, just barely beating Luca. Yeah. And the thing I'd like to see from Luca that I think could put him over the edge in terms of total points versus James Harden is we see Harden's ability um, to average right around 10 assists. Colin Harden averaged 10.7 assists last game, while Luca averaged 8.6. And I do think those triple double points plus those just handful of extra assists that James Harden can finds himself to get every game i think if luca could bump that assist number up to 10 con we could we can easily see a top three finish this year yeah yeah oh side note to the list we should make it very clear this is a points league list we did make a points league list uh we'll consider doing a categories maybe um but right now we're doing points league and we should just make that abundantly clear um, so then to break down the rest of the top tier, which we're calling the superstars tier, at three we have Steph, at four we have Trey Young, five we have Dame. And I don't think that list as a whole, you know, maybe you disagree with the ordering of it, but that top tier, uh, I think that's pretty standard. I think a lot of fantasy writers are going to agree with that statement, and I think that it's pretty clear those are your top five point guards generally. Yeah, I, I think all five of these guys on the list, Colin, Luca, James, Steph, Trey, and Dame, I think I think they're all due for probably a top 15 finish this year. So these top five point guards are very coveted assets that you want on your team. And, you know, I think Steph Curry's in for another fantastic year, Colin. Um, I really do. We saw him finish sixth overall last year, and I think the Warriors got better. In the offseason, Colin, I really do with the additions of Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody. I think that provides some nice um, floor assistance to Steph, at least, that I would probably mm-hmm. say they didn't have last year. And, you know, we had Trey Young above Damian Lillard on this list, Colin. Um, I had Trey Young. You above. did get to take the reins. Personally, if this was my yeah. mine and my only list, I would still have Damian Lillard above Trey Young. But we're looking at a guy in Trey Young, Colin, that averaged 29 and 8, or 25 and nine last season so yeah which is um, why it's I nothing to tread lightly Steph, with actually yeah i yeah. wouldn't have him above Steph, everybody so well when he's, he's better he's than not, Steph, just know so. that i said that well, well I, I saved the list maybe well, <laughs> you didn't save yeah. the list no 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 the jamokes would have they would they're gonna appreciate it when trey they when they draft trey young as highly as they do because he's just gonna be so you're telling me year. if you had the fifth pick you would you would take trey young over curry I don't like the peer pressure. And yeah, because you know you take pressure. Steph Curry, which is why Steph Curry pick. is above Trey Young on the list. If you were a true believer in Trey Con, you would have said yes immediately. No, fine. No, 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 no. I would take Trey Young. No, I would no, take Trey Young. No, you took too I fucking would. long. I, I just peer yes. pressured you no, into no, no, saying no, no, Trey no, Young. No, no, no. You're peer pressuring me into saying Steph Curry. No, that's what quite you were the doing. opposite, actually. Yes. Because Steph is the automatic answer to that, Colin. You took your time. You were like, mm, I no. think Steph. No, explain to me your Jedi mind tricks there, because I feel as though you were... <laughs> mm, okay. This is... 
this, I don't like what you just did to me there. I feel <laughs> violated in some okay some so way. I, so that was our superstar tier list, Con. Um, our next yeah. tier, our next tier of point guard rankings is all star, and right at number six, Con, we have Russell Westbrook, who's on his new team, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, yeah. Nobody's what really you, talked about that at all. Like, what's up with that? Yeah. Basketball um, Twitter has not said anything. What do you, What do you expect to see out of Russ this season, Con? Both in terms of in terms of productivity. Yeah. So right away, I just I do want to point out, like we think that top tier was pretty cut and dry. From here on out, like things are are much less so, and there's going to be a lot more fluidity um, and maybe controversial takes with our list. But what we love about Russell Westbrook is he is the walking triple-double. And he's kind of proved that he does that no matter where he is. So LeBron and him, you know, in terms of handling the ball, I think this is the first real time we've seen somebody compete with him like that. I mean, James Harden that one season in Houston would bring the ball up, but definitely allowed Russ to take that role and developed into the shooting guard role. Will we see LeBron take that similar role on? I don't know. But I don't know if it matters as much, especially when we contextualize this within the regular season. I think Russ is going to take a lot of time on the Lakers where he is the guy so that AD and LeBron can rest. I I think we're going to see a lot of that. And then two, you know, how do you not get assists on a team like that? Three, he's Russell Westbrook. He, He gets his stats. For that reason, I think we have to have it six. Yeah. Um, last season, we saw Russ Collin average 22, 11, and 11. And I imagine he can't really stray that far away from that stat line, Colin. I imagine we'll be seeing something very similar. Um, to say he'll average 11 assists, 11 rebounds, that's tough. But more so, I probably see him averaging somewhere in the 28 and 8 range. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to have a fantastic year, Colin, playing with AD and LeBron. I think AD is the most talented big man mm-hmm. Russ has ever got to play with. And I think over the course of Russ's career, we've seen him just um, maybe make big men look better than a pe- they actually do appear. And I think him and AD are just a fantastic Steven player, Colin. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with having Russ here at six. He's, he's another – is Russ a first-round pick, yeah. Colin? Yeah, off the top of my head, yes. I, I truly haven't thought too much about uh, the other positions yet on how I would I would go about ranking this whole thing. But, yes. No. I think he goes around 14. Okay. I think I'd take him around 14. Yeah, that's oh. fair. All right. All right. Um, uh, next yeah, next on the list, this is, oh, dude, th- this part of the list is just so chunky. Um, it's LaMelo Ball, Noah. And th- this is just a weird one because if we truly look at LaMelo Ball's stats last year, n- not he didn't really pop off at a single thing. Like, it's not like he was a 20-point-per-game score. It's not like he was averaging – eight assists. It's not like he was getting a ton of boards, but we're looking at a rookie who took over a team about a third of the way through the season. He really only started 31 games. Despite that, 
On the season, he averaged 16 points, 6 assists, 6 boards, finished with a field goal percentage at 43.5. Not great, but, you know, we take that, especially for a rookie. I think he's only going to be markedly improved. Um, and then if we do, you know, my favorite thing, and we take out the first couple games where he wasn't actually starting, and we just look at games he started, his stat line moves to 18 points a game, 6.2 assists, 6 boards, 44% shooting. So his assists and rebound numbers didn't move too much. His points definitely moved up a, a decent bit. Um, but I, I think we just see him just take off this year. I think he becomes a 20-point-per-game guy, and I think those assists and rebound numbers just have to go up, right? Yeah. I mean, another key factor in I, – I think LaMelo Ball is going to be a fantastic pick this year, Colin. I think he's going to finish as yeah. a top-10 um, rated point guard. And you have to you have to factor in, Colin, that Devontae Graham averaged 30 minutes last year for the Hornets. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of minutes taken away from both Somehow. Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. Um, and also, well, the Hornets lost. Coach, you know? The Hornets lost Malik Monk too. So I think there's plenty of minutes for Lamelo Ball. He has all the opportunity in the world here, Colin. Um, you know, talking from a strictly points league perspective, Colin, I see almost no negative to Lamelo Ball. A player that has that much of an opportunity, Colin, I think is just begging to be drafted. Um, I think yeah. I think he's going to average. Imagine he gets like a third round rating too. Which yeah, is going to make him a yeah, nice yeah. sleeper pick in this draft. I imagine, Colin, you're right. I do think he'll be around 20 points per game, and you're hoping to see those efficiency goes up. But I think he's going to average like seven assists, six rebounds. You're getting 27 six out of Lamelo in the third round. You take that any day of the week. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, yeah. Colin. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> this next guy on the list, so, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have to do some convincing for me here because no, personally, no, 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 he wouldn't no. have been you're this high. You're gonna have to do some convincing for me. No, oh. no, he should be higher. He should be higher. For everybody listening, I wanted this guy to be higher. Not much, not much. I but I did have him higher on the list than eight, and that is De'Aaron Fox. And you ask me now, why would De'Aaron Fox of the you know, the Sacktown Kings, you know, a, a team that really resembles that jersey name, their sack, their ball sack as, as a franchise and as an organization. And I had a lot of faith in them. I, I truly did. I think that the Kings were maybe my second favorite team going into the season last year. And then it was tough for them to be my second favorite because they were the sack. But in 58 games last year, De'Aaron Fox averaged 25 points per game. One and a half steals, seven assists, three and a half boards. Now I ask you this, Noah, if we're hoping that Lomelo Ball is a 20-point-per-game guy and we hope his assists can go up to seven a game, why why have him above De'Aaron Fox, who did that last year? <laughs> That's a good question, Colin. That's a really, really good question, and... Might I add on better field goal percentage? You know, something in my soul, Colin, just tells me that 
I would never draft De'Aaron Fox before LaMelo Ball. And I don't know what it is, Con, because those are good stats you just read off to me. Maybe it's because he plays for the ball sacks. Maybe it's because the Kings are a treacherously run franchise, but I don't know. I just think I would rather have LaMelo Ball still. All right, so so then in all seriousness, do you think Tyrese Halliburton plays into that? That they're going to try to run some sort of a a, a two-point guard offense? For me, for me, no, Colin. It, it really doesn't because, as you said, like, the same, like, De'Aaron is the guy on the Kings, you know? Yeah. Like, he is that guy. He will get his every game. Um, But the Tyrese factor does, the Tyrese factor does play into it a little bit, Colin. They also drafted Davion Mitchell. Um, But, I mean, everything you said about De'Aaron, very nice, but... Right. I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, and I think it's the tantalizing that fresh new deal. I think it's the tantalization column of Lamelo Ball ceiling is what just... Lamelo call. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. Um, I mean, that's fair. You, you don't always win fantasy leagues by by picking the guys with the high floors. You, you got to hit some high ceilings as well. So I hear that. Uh, and speaking of a guy with a potentially incredibly high ceiling at our number nine point guard, Noah. And this is a guy that, that you fought valiantly for to move up on the list. So why don't you take the uh, the reins here? Number nine on the list for us, Colin, is Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors. Um, oh. You know, we saw Kyle Lowry leave, oh, Colin. We saw Kyle Lowry leave this mm-hmm. summer. Um, they didn't draft Jalen Suggs like we thought they would. And Fred Van no, Vliet... No, no, we thought they wouldn't. We we on this podcast said oh, that you, Scotty yes, Barnes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, we did we did say that the Scotty Barnes rumors were picking up traction. But um, Fred VanVleet has the opportunity here, Colin. He just inked a new deal. He's um, he's the lead guard on this Raptors team. Who I don't know what your expectations for this Raptors team are, Colin. Um, they're a team that we saw Pencil missed out. East. They're a team we saw missed out on the playoffs, but. Fred VanVleet's going to have plenty of fucking opportunity here, Colin. And the thing that I like maybe the most out of him, Colin, is how many rebounds do you think he averages per game? Oh, all right. Well, clearly he averages more than we thought. Honestly, off the top of my head, at, at his height and the way he plays, I might have said four. He does average four rebounds, which... Um, oh, all right, well... Among among point guards, Colin, that's actually pretty decent. And you think of a that's guy. Pretty of his, good. That's pretty good. Yeah. You think of a guy of his stature, and I think if he could pair along with that, I think last year he averaged twenty points. I definitely see that going up this year, just due to a sheer yeah. number of shots more that I think he'll be taking. So if we're looking somewhere where he can average twenty four seven and four, Colin, not twenty not twenty seven. Twenty mm-hmm. seven's a lot. If he can average twenty four seven and four. Is he not right up there with De'Aaron Fox, who we have one spot above him? Point taken. Very much point taken. Yeah, no, I'm fine with with Fred where he is. I, in retrospect, agree he, he should be higher on this list because I think, with at least within this, this tier, the, the next three guys I think are clearly at the bottom half of the tier, whereas I think the top four guys just have more potential to to be great in my mind um, I'll, I'll come out right so, now so and say it Colin Fred Van Vliet 
top six point guard. All right, fantasy I want points. 20 bucks that De'Aaron Fox finishes higher in total fantasy points this year than Fred VanVleet. What if one of them gets hurt and play one up, one plays significantly more games than the other? Um, both of them have to play 60 games. All right, deal. Easy clap. I like it. Easiest 20 of my life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I know. I'm very happy about that. No, I'm incredibly happy about that. All right, at ten, we have. Oh, I'm so excited to collect that twenty. Do we group this ten to twelve? Do we group this ten to twelve, Colin, in kind of the same light? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Just to read it off for you, it's Chris Paul at ten, Shea Gilgis Alexander at eleven, and John Morant at twelve. And I think they're all all stars. Like I think they all have all star potential this year. I just think that there's definitely, in, in fantasy value, they have a bit less. Maybe Shea is different. Maybe Shea. Um, uh, truly, I think the best way to describe Chris Paul as a fantasy player is the guy with the highest floor possible. Yeah, steady. Steady but, as like, hell. Just steady. Just steady. But, like, uh, Chris Paul's not going to go off and, like, score 40 points in a game. You know, mm-hmm. I think everybody else in this tier maybe Sans Lamelo. I, I don't know. I just haven't seen it out of him, so can do that. Yeah, Chris Paul Colin you know, is that like, guy who he's gonna have like a twelve points, ten assist game, and that's like his night. But then you look over a eighty-two mm-hmm. game season, and you're like, holy shit, that adds up. Him getting twelve and yeah. ten every night. Yeah, that's huge. It's huge. And last year he averaged four and a half boards. So, yeah, yeah. again, from the point guard, it, it's not like you sneeze at that. And plus, you know, I think last year was actually his lowest steal count in his career. But he's still above average in steals. You know, he did one and a half last year. Yeah, that's so. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. And actually, last year, I mean, he shot thirty nine and a half from three. Like, it, it's not like he's raining them. You know, he only took four a game, but still, that's there. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Chris Paul just kind of makes sense there. But like, like I don't think Chris Paul stands any chance to like crack the top fifteen fantasy players this year. I just no. don't. No. Yeah, like you no, know, a guy that could crack. All right, sorry, I was going to transition, but say, say what you got to say. <laughs> um, just a problem I had last year, Colin, that Chris Paul really fixed for me in, in terms of my fantasy basketball team was I kind of took too many boomer bust guys. Like, just for example, I think my first four picks last year were Curry, Kyrie Irving, Zach Levine, and Jamal Murray. And while all four of those names do sound nice, Colin, um, those guys do just have the tendencies to, you know, they have the big game one night, and then the other night they have a quiet game. And that did lead me to trading Jamal Murray for a guy like Chris Paul, just so I could stay Actually, not a guy like Chris Paul. It, it was yeah, Chris Paul, <laughs> Chris Paul exactly, just so I could yeah, so, just so I could stabilize yeah. my team a little bit. So if, if you're building a team that way, Chris Paul is a fantastic addition. But getting into a guy who yeah. could crack the top 15, Colin, Mr. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, 
Yeah. Guy who didn't he didn't play very many games last year, Colin, but in the games he did, he averaged twenty four, four rebounds, and six assists. Um those are tasty yeah, numbers if he could do that a whole season, Colin. That's right up there with De'Aaron. Yeah. And Fred Van Vliet, in my yeah. opinion. And I, and I think that's our concern with him and why we have him at 11 is there's a difference between doing it for 35 games and 82. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I don't I, – I also just don't know what this Thunder roster is. I, I really don't. Like, is um, Pulisic – Pukasevsky, the unicorn guy. Pokashevsky. It's not Pulisic. Pokashevsky. Pulisic isn't even the right though. sport. <laughs> Don't tell me what I'm doing. They're both European. Either <laughs> in, you know, in, in where they were European. born. Pulisic the is He's American. Yeah. Yeah, but he plays European sports, so he might as well. And, um,. <laughs> I just I don't know what that Thunder roster is going to bring. So there's just a couple question marks there that lead me to personally I would take Chris Paul over Shea. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, depending on that strategy, I think it would depend on who my first couple picks were. Because if I had guys like Luca, um, guys that just aren't very injury prone, and I wanted to really take a stab at somebody, I think I'd go Shea. But you know, if I took a Steph Curry who's missed a lot of time over the last two years, I might be inclined to take a Chris Paul then to match those guys up. Yeah, um, and the weird and thing I'm, is, the weird thing is for Shea Con is that he is that guy on the Thunder. He's their number one option, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, the Thunder don't have anything to play for, Con. Um, it feels like they're going into this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do have something to play for, but it's in the wrong. It's not the direction you want your team. Going. Yeah. But uh, that that factors into me for it, Colin, because last year we see they're going on ultra tank fest. You know, Shea gets a little procedure done. He's like, "Why would I come back if we're just yeah. planning to lose these games?" And there's no, mm-hmm. there's no nothing saying that that can't happen again. There's no this real year. reason. Yeah, other than he inked that uh, massive deal. Yeah. For those unfamiliar, after this year, he will be making old well, salary will jump up from five and a half mil to twenty nine and a half. So there's some incentives there. Yeah, and then rounding out the all star list, we have John Morant, and John's a weird one fantasy wise because his stats really don't pop off. At least his regular season stats don't. I mean, he was a guy that averaged 19 points a game last year. Just the way he had spoken about, you know, in your head you think it's so much more. But his season stats last year were 19 points, 7.5 assists, which is quite nice for boards. Realistically, that's about the same season that LaMelo had as a rookie. Granted, Joe was in his sophomore season. He's got something to figure out. And more grantedly, in the five-game series against the Jazz, he averaged 30 points, eight assists, and five boards on 48% shooting and 53% effective field goal percentage. So if he can replicate that, I mean, holy crap. Yeah, yeah, John Morant, John Morant's a weird one for me, Colin. I, I, don't, I don't love him fantasy-wise. In 
it's just like I want to see him take that next jump, Con. I I want to see him leap to being a over twenty point game per score. I want to see him be averaging eight assists. And I can't tell you with certainty if that's going to happen. Um, they did take out Jonas Valanciunas from that team, Colin, someone who was scoring 17 a game. And I do think some of that production has to come from both Jaron Jackson Jr. and Ja Morant. But will that bump mm-hmm. his numbers up to the point of being better than a Fred VanVleet or a Chris Paul or a Shea Gilgis-Alexander? I, I just don't know. I don't know. He's, he's more of a question mark to me at this point. Like, he's, he's, True. he's clearly deserving to be above the guys that are in the category before yeah, Colin, the, the but he's, a, he's in yeah. the very last of this tier for me. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think, you know, having talked through this, I, I like how we have this tier set up. So just to remind everybody, the all-star tier that we have is pick 6 through 12 of point guards, Russ, Lamello, De'Aaron, Fred Van Fleet, CP3, SGA, and then John Moran. So now, Noah, I think oh, this now is, is probably, yeah, this is probably where, you know, somebody could really win or lose their fantasy league based on how serious they uh, take our advice. But this is by far the chunkiest of the categories. <laughs> we, we had it in two, and then you and I both decided that that really didn't make sense, and it was better to just be one gold, like, massive category with, with a couple asterisks for some of the guys. Yeah. So, Noah, for this one, I think I'm just going to read 13 through 25, unless you have any qualms with that, and nope. then we can kind of break down. Yeah, You, you that, have qualms with that. No, no, no. I That's exactly what I want you to do. Okay. All right. All right. Good thing we're on the same page. Um, so, and, and then we can kind of analyze why guys are where they are. I think that's probably a better use of our time than explaining why these people are, are really good or, or not as good. Yes, so, sir. 13 through 25 goes Kyle Lowry at 13, D'Angelo Russell, Cade Cunningham, Mike Conley, Kevin Porter Jr., Kemba Walker, Malcolm Brogdon, Lonzo Ball at 20, Drew Holiday, DeJounte Murray, Spencer Dinwiddie, T.J. McConnell, Darius Garland, and that is our <laughs> combination of a high floor slash high ceiling tier that we just really weren't sure what to call it. Um, that's called round yeah, I think, six no, it's through more ten. Important. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what that thing's called. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it's more important to pay attention to how we ranked them than maybe a title, but I, I think it's important to know that there's a ton of variation within this tier. Yes. Um, so let's just start off right with number 13, Kyle Lowry Con. Um, yeah. To me, he deserves to be this high con. Um, I think the exact argument we made for Chris Paul can also be made for Kyle Lowry. Um Except Kyle Lowry does sometimes pop off and score, um, you know, 20-plus, 30-plus, more often than Chris Paul does. But um, I more have questions about how he fits in with this Heat team, Colin. Um, Basketball-wise, I think it's a perfect fit. Fantasy-wise, I don't know how it really affects him. 
Um, this Heat team does still need a scorer, which I do think Kyle Lowry fills. Um, I see him averaging something like 16 and 7, Colin, which if he did that He's for 82. pretty on par with what he did last year, yeah. Yeah. If he did that for 82 games in a season, you know, his floor is just extremely high, Colin, which I think deems him to be the best out of this list, yeah. out of this category of players. Yeah. He's got the yeah. least question marks. And... Mm, yeah, honestly, yeah. Out of out of this list, maybe TJ McConnell is the only person with less question marks than Kyle Lowry. I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting out of TJ. Yeah, well, TJ McConnell is going to be starting point guard for us, so he might be a sleeper once we get Ben Simmons. Sleeper, sleeper. Yeah, so this next one, I mean, this is just a, a real, and I know that I think had this been up to you, he would be lower, but D'Angelo Russell. Uh, we have him at 14, and there are a lot of question marks around D'Angelo Russell. Uh, in the limited time he played last year, he played 42 games. He only even started 26. D'Lo averaged 19 points, 6 assists, 3 boards, 1 steal. He shot about 43% from the field, 39 from 3. Um, the reason I think that he is, is as high as he is, is because I don't think that last year was indicative of who he is as a player. I think that this Timberwolves team is kind of a crap show and they're trying to figure out who they are. I think in Delo's second real season, I think he got traded in the middle of the season, played like 10 games. In his second real season, I think D'Lo establishes himself as a point guard. I think Anthony Edwards comes into his own, which only helps D'Lo truly, because they were not a high-scoring team last year. Like I think that just the volume of the Timberwolves scoring has room to grow. Uh, I think that Cat is going to come back and be healthy. I just think the Timberwolves are going to be better, and I think some of that starts with D'Angelo Russell being healthy and understanding his role on this team. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, D'Lo, um that's got that's got conning. Um I do agree I'm with you, Colin. I do agree with you, Colin. I just personally am Leave not that, that post. I'm not that big of a D'Lo fan. <laughs> oh sorry. Oh my god, no, they know your name now. <laughs> Alright, you can say mine later. I guess we're both going to get cyber All right. attacked. Alright. PF, PFT takes Dude, his glasses I, off, I, totally, I guess. I can't believe we never said yours. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said yours. Yeah, that's a, that's a oof podcaster oof right there. Oof. See, this um, is why I wanted us to come up with, like, stupid nicknames. Alright, I'm, I'm Big Donkey and you're Little Tiger. What's your social security number? Say your one. social security number on the podcast. One, 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 one. <laughs> Those are the last four. Okay, D-Lo, though, um, I'm not that big of a fan, Con, but I do agree with your reasons that he has room to grow. Um, I just think the Timberwolves are a little bit too too crazy for me. I don't really believe in D-Lo as a player. Um, if, he had, if he came out this season and averaged like 18-7, and seven, I would be pleasantly surprised. I do think that Timberwolves team grows, but I think it's mostly on the back of Anthony Edwards. Um, 
Uh, I mean, he had 19 and six last year, though. Like that's that's what I'm kind of what I'm saying is that we for considered him that like not for having a great season. season last year. Yeah, I, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like What's we didn't even consider him to play it that well, and statistically for fantasy, he's just some solid stats. Yeah, my qualm is I want to see him play that many games to where you could just. Right, him being taken that high. Um, I think we should talk about right. Cade Cunningham and Kevin Porter Jr. next. Yeah. Con, because they are yeah, the true wild cards of this. Yeah. Um, true. Cade Cunningham con is, you know, he's G- Detroit's first pick. Um, in my eyes, con, Cade Cunningham is the point guard of this offense. He's the one with the ball in his hands. They're using him similar to how the Mavs use Luka. Um, I don't know. I think his scoring translates, Colin, but I don't think the Pistons would will be the most successful version of themselves if they're asking Cade Cunningham to go out and score 20 a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. Um, to me, I think Cade Cunningham is going to average something around 15, 5, and 5, Colin. And if he can do that whole season, that's fantastic out of a rookie point guard, Colin. Yeah, yeah, and so then I, I agree with everything that you have just said. The other question mark in my mind is a guy we were super high on last year out of the draft, and that was Killian Hayes, who missed the bulk of the, the season last year and also didn't look that great when he did play, but he was incredibly young. He was 18 years old, coming out of France, international basketball. It's, it's a different game, and I really like what he can do at the point guard position. But when you have a talent like Cade Cunningham, do you try to make the Killian thing work and move Cade to the shooting guard? Or do you just give Cade the ball because um, he's that damn talented? To me, Colin, I think I'm giving Cade the ball, but I think I'm still starting That's Killian. What I'm too. I think I'm still starting Killian Hayes at shooting guard. Um, Killian Hayes relatively is a question mark at this point. Colin, his rookie season was yeah. pretty rocky to say the least. Yeah, but I think what bad. he brings as both an on and off ball defender and that Pistons team needs another creator um, on the floor when Kate is on the floor. Called Kate is going to draw so mm-hmm. much attention, and to me, I see the Pistons rolling out Kate, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olynyk, and Isaiah Stewart as their starting lineup. So I think there's room for both of them. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, Killian, uh, just spoiler is not on this list. So we didn't know what to do with him. Um, and then the second guy that you included in that, Kevin Porter Jr. I mean, talk about a guy that I've, he almost got kicked off the Cavs. Like, the only reason that he's still in the league is because the Rockets were desperate enough to trade for him. Prove me wrong. I yeah. think that's the way that story went, at least in the media's eyes. Yeah. Um, he's one of the more feel-good stories that came out of last year, Colin. Um, from a guy who relatively couldn't find his spot on that Cavs team to being one of the face, one of the two faces to this Rockets rebuild, really. Um, last season, you know, we saw him average 16-3-6 um, on pretty poor shooting efficiency, Colin. They weren't great. But I do think that this Rockets team has plenty of talent to add next to him now, both in Jalen Green and Alfred Sengun, they're two rookies. Um, and 
Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be the guy who has the ball in, their, in his hands, Con. Um, you know, I see the points probably staying the same at around 16, but I do think I see the assists going up. And just, this guy scored 50 on the Bucks last year, Con. Like, just the, he's yeah. another tantalizing player that I think is due to have a pretty big season. Yeah. I I agree, and I think he's maybe going to get slept on in some of these leagues just because the Rockets are the Rockets and he only truly played 26 games for them, but I just think the opportunities are amazing, uh, and I think he is going to be uh, quite the talent. He's 21 years old. I think that's kind of what you need to know about him. With all the um, opportunity in the world this season on a bad Rockets yeah. team, someone got to yeah. get the stats. <laughs> Yeah, so I think the best way to define this whole tier is outside of the guys we just mentioned, everybody else has like a pretty predictable floor, and then they have room to grow. Kate and Kevin Porter Jr., their floor could be nothing. I don't know. Like their their floor could be at least fantasy value wise mm-hmm. nothing, but the ceiling, the ceiling could be insane. And for that reason, they're 15 and 17, respectively. Now, we skipped over a guy in Mike Conley, who I think is just, like, he's Mike Conley. I, I think we know what we're going to get. I know he's older, but he made his first All-Star game last year, which is nothing to sneeze at. He's entering year 15 in the NBA, Noah. Look at him go. Uh, last year, he averaged about 16 points, one and a half steals, six assists, three and a half boards, and he shot 44% from the field, along with a career best, 41% from three. Wow. If he can do any of that next year, i like to keep him at 16. Yeah, I, I, I do think he deserves to be this high con. I think the only thing that keeps him from uh, being any higher on this list is just how team-oriented the Jazz are. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he gets his opportunity every night con, but he's not really getting that extra opportunity that these guys like Kate and Kevin Porter have just because the Jazz are a much right. better team with a better system and they have like a, devi- a defined recipe on how to win, which involves everyone playing their role. But yeah, Mike Conley's floor is mm-hmm. extremely high con and he was really efficient last year. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, moving on to 18, and yeah. I just due to time, I think we might speed up how we kind of talk about some of these guys. Give me, Noah. give me your Kemba spiel, uh, on who's number 18. Give me uh, your my, Kemba my, spiel. My Kemba spiel is exactly this. Kemba Walker is an all-star level talent. Um, I think just what was going on in Boston was not conducive to how he plays. Uh, I think there were just too many guys who wanted to score. And uh, let's make it very clear, in the 43 games he played, he took 16 shots a game. So it's not like he wasn't getting the opportunities. Uh, I just don't think that they spaced the way that you need to space when you have Kemba. I think that they needed the ball in Jason Tatum's hands too much for Kemba to really be effective. But with that said, he averaged 19 points, he averaged 5 assists, he averaged 4 boards, and now he moves to a team that needs his scoring to be prevalent. Boston didn't really need his scoring uh, you know, outside of Julius Randle, I can't think of a person on the Knicks that just screams score to me. 
you know, they were fantastic defensively. That's why they made it, you know, to where they did in the final season standings. Um, but it's also why they got absolutely bopped in the playoffs. So Kemba Walker, all the opportunity in the world. Can he stay healthy? I think he's going to be a great passing player. Yeah. Um, if he stays healthy, Kemba's due for a really good yeah, year. Yeah, that's probably on, the biggest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is what keeps me from drafting him, Colin. Um, I just don't trust Kemba's health. But I do think he's in for a big year if he stays healthy with that Knicks team who is in dire need of a shot creator slash shot maker. Yes. Um, these next four, these next four guys gone. On, okay. All these right. next four guys: Brogdon, Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, and Dejounte Murray. Who do you like the most, Con, and who do you like the least in terms um, of fantasy? In terms of fantasy, um. You know, see, this is where this part of the list, I really just kind of threw it. Honestly, uh, DeJounte probably has the highest ceiling of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I truly like Drew Holiday the least fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. I, I really... Mm, maybe Brogdon, just because I don't know what's going to happen with him in the Pacers. Yeah. And um, that, that's yeah. The, probably the biggest question mark here. Yeah. I probably like Murray the most, Brogdon the least. I I really like Dejounte Murray this year, Colin. I think having him at twenty two on our list, I think he I think he's going to finish above that, Colin. I think I think he's going to finish above that. Really, I think I think easily Dejounte Murray could have a better season than D'Angelo Russell, who we have at fourteen. Um, Dejounte Murray to me, Colin, he's a guy who last season averaged sixteen, seven, and five with one and a half steals a game, Colin, and. The Spurs are lacking a clear go-to scorer without DeMar DeRozan right now, Colin, and I think Murray is one of those guys to step into that scoring vacuum. Um, if you oh told God, me, he, to me, to me, I think he's averaging 18, 7, and 6 this year with still a steal and a half of this game, and I'll take those I'll take those numbers all day. Yeah. Yeah, live at it. We're going to move to Shante Murray up. This, this was a we we were live lively editing lead this list is what's happening. Um, okay, then to round out uh, this kind of middle tier of like veteran guys that we feel like we can know what we can expect, mixed with some younger talent, mixed with some guys coming off injury. Uh, to round this tier out, you have Spencer Dinwiddie, T.J. McConnell, Darius Garland. Uh, to the audience out there, yes, we have two Pacers point guards on this list. That's because Noah's a Pacers fan, and he wanted both of them on here. So. Uh, Noah, give me 20 seconds on each of those guys really quick. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is a question mark, Colin. He's coming off the ACL tear, but he is going to be that starting point guard for that Wizards team. So if he has a full year of playing, Colin, I could easily beat his expectation of being the 23rd best point guard. Um, TJ McConnell. Very nice. Your 20 seconds is up. Oh, TJ wow. McConnell, what more do I need to say, Colin? He's a steel machine. Come on. Um, Darius Garland, yeah. I'm not that big of a if fan this of. If category list, he's probably be number one. <laughs> Darius Garland, I'm not that big of a fan of, Colin. And I'm just going to read the rest of the list off, Colin. I, these guys honestly yeah. don't even deserve my breath because they're all going to be waiver wire guys, so we'll talk about them at some point yeah. in the season. Um, Cole Anthony slash Jalen Suggs slash Markel Fultz, um, whoever's a starting point guard on the Magic team, they're going to put up probably good stats, Colin, but they're also going to have the con of playing for the shitty magic let's be honest um yeah dennis schroeder could be good on the celtics con but also dennis schroeder has a real good tendency to just not show up and play basketball 
Um, yeah. Tyrese Maxey is interesting, Colin. If Phil, if the six are somehow part ways with Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey could become that team's starting guard. So he's kind of tasty. Um, Reggie Jackson slash Eric Bledsoe, they're both on the Clippers. Um, Reggie Jackson coming off a fantastic playoffs, but who really knows what he can do over an entire regular season? Kind of the same with Eric Bledsoe. And then Devontae Graham kind of sucks. Um, and that's not just me being <laughs> mad that he shot 37% field goal percentage last year for my categories team. And then Monty Morris, he's he's steady, but he's not sexy slash fun. Colin, he's, just, he's just the replacement for Jamal Murray. Yes. And that's that leads right. us to this last segment, Colin. We have to talk about a guy. We have to talk about Jamal Murray. Um, he'd be ranked very high in this list, Colin, if he wasn't coming off an ACL tear. I love Jamal Murray. Um, he's gonna miss half no. the year. Would you draft? Would you draft him, Colin? No, Knowing no, 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 no. I I went through this last year with a not different. Not gonna pull a Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, not yeah, not no, no, he's played Grizzlies player. Late in the night, not doing that. It's just it's too much time. There's no person who is valuable enough, especially especially categories, that waiting the seven to eight nine weeks is is worth it. But then also, if you wait six weeks, you might as well wait twelve. That's the other part of that about that philosophy. Don't just give up because that made it worse. Um, Ben Simmons, Colin, he's a question mark right now. He deserves a whole podcast, seriously. Yeah, honestly, we're going to come out with a Ben Simmons podcast at some point, but he would be ranked in the top ten if he's going to play for the Pacers. He might be number one if he's going to play for the Pacers. Who knows? And then Mr. Kyrie Irving, Mr. Anti-Vax, Colin, we have nowhere, we have no idea on how to place this guy because we don't even know if he's going to fucking play because he won't get the vaccine. But if he's going to play... Well, I also... He could easily yeah. be number seven. To I, was, me. Yeah. I also contend that he would be on our shooting arts list, but that's okay. True. Well, you know, yeah, something that, that also you didn't makes sense. agree with. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I no, we're we're pro vaccine on this podcast. I just I'm gonna throw that out here. Michael Porter Jr. I, mean, I didn't just talk to you about this. Off. Oh God damn it, Michael! No, Michael! Come on, <laughs> baby. Get your chicken baby. pox. It's a, come on, you know, it's just, I just don't want you to get sick, baby Mikey. Come on, it's your Uncle Colin here. <laughs> Alrighty, All righty, boys. Noah, anything else? I don't think so, Colin. I think that's our first episode back, doing our fantasy point guard rankings. Um, I'm excited oh. to get back to the grind, Colin. We're going to have another episode out soon, boys, with the shooting guard rankings. And thanks for listening to Probably another Sunday. episode of Bench Sunday. Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. See ya. Peace.